Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Yellow Jacket Hive. I am Media Melanie. I'm here with my co-host. I'm Emily. And we have a special guest joining us today. We have Ro Rusak of Nerdist back again. Hello, everyone. Yes, welcome. Very excited. Thank, Thank you. you for joining us. Of course, you had been on our episode about the Cannibal Council before. Um, we talked mm -hmm. about the Yellow Jackets characters as fairy tale archetypes. And since then, um, season two has started. You've put out some very interesting articles, and we're happy to have you here to help just go over kind of our immediate reactions from episode 202, Edible Complex. Yeah. Yes, and what an episode it is. <laughs> what an episode. So, Emily, why don't you read the description from Showtime on Edible Complex? Sure. So it says, breaking off that friendship with the person who keeps ghosting you isn't always easy. Ty speeds through an unexpected reunion, Nat shacks up with Lottie, and Misty encounters a riddle wrapped in an enigma dressed in cargo shorts. <laughs> Yes, with muscular calves, by the way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Yes. Uh, before we dive in, Ro, we've been doing something called uh, Yellow Jackets Would You Rather. We're going to Would You Rather mm. you really quick. All right. Would okay, you rather let's do it. apply makeup to dead Jackie or <laughs> besties with Misty and Crystal? Mm. That's very interesting. That's a, that's a <laughs> conundrum. Um, I think. I think I would probably be besties with Misty and Crystal. You know, Misty's a power player. She's loyal in her own way. I think I think that the girls don't give Misty what she needs, and that causes Misty to act out. So if you could give Misty what she needed, then I think she would be a really valuable friend to have at your side. And right. And look on Dead Jackie certainly isn't giving you <laughs> anybody very much <laughs> no there, there's not a lot of joy in that not a lot of joy at all um we've got some of our friends here in the comments we've got uh phoenix we've got kimberly we've got jessica shout out to all of our fans um we've had kind of a crazy week we want to uh, mention also uh jade drew uh angela claudine we love all of our fans so thank you guys so much for being here we appreciate it <laughs> somebody uh ben in the comments just said hey everyone ben with two legs here <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yes. So I should put up our spoiler alert bar here. Let me just get that banner going and just give a verbal warning for anybody. If you happen to be watching and you have not yet watched episode 202 of Yellow Jackets Edible Complex, you might not want to watch this. We are going to have spoilers everywhere. So just heads up warning. Um, before this, Ro, we talked with you and we had a few different conversation points that you wanted to talk about. Why don't we start with the biggest thing that happened in this episode from, from the Jackie makeup all the way through, we finally got some cannibalism and, and this is your article that you wrote, um, Yellow Jacket's yeah, Delicious Fine Scene in Religious Mutation. Interesting. Yes, yes. Obviously, I think this goes hand in hand with the kind of like the fairy tale vision that we'd spoken about previously for the show. I think the show's strongest points come when they really embrace this like mythos feeling, this like very grand, arcane, surreal vision of the cannibalism. I'm, I joked on Twitter that I thought like, 
I was like a uniquely positioned to discuss yellow jackets first foray into cannibalism because <laughs> I come from the school of Hannibal and I feel like yellow jackets also comes from the school of Hannibal. So obviously there's a physical cannibalism where they're eating Jackie, but there's the like very spiritual and like religious arcane, like divine vibes to this consummation. Um, yeah. In the article, I talked a little bit about how like when we eat, we make life and that's like a microcosm of the divine because gods are most often seen as like creators slash destroyers. And so I really think that for Shauna specifically, there's a lot going on with the cannibalism on a deeper level, but for everybody and for the story at large, yeah. it's definitely more than just about eating human meat. <laughs> Yes, and we've heard that there will be a lot more than cannibalism that's crazy this season. I believe they said if yeah. cannibalism is the what 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 was it they said if um they said something it, like it won't like it won't be the most like transgressive thing that they do. Right. So there's going to be yeah. more wild things than cannibalism. Yeah. Well, I actually thought that this is what we could call like soft cannibalism, right? Like they didn't yeah. exactly kill Jackie. Jackie decided to be like out and freeze. And then they did decide to eat her, but she was kind of, like, they didn't really like mean to cook her and they didn't like yeah. murder her in a sense. So it was kind of like, you know, I think they soft set up really cleverly. I like soft cannibalism. <laughs> exactly. You heard it here first, folks. It's yeah. not like mean it, like they didn't really mean to kill and consume her. It just yeah. became like the best option. It almost became like a sensical option. And I think they set it up really nicely in the episode because when they were like building the pyre for Jackie, um, they have this argument about whether they should take her jacket. And mm -hmm. is taking her jacket that different from taking her meat at this point, like in their yeah. need to survive? It's like, actually, it probably isn't that different. Yeah. So, Right. Yeah. There was a little bit of hostility regarding the Jackie body and the jacket and, you know, mm. what they were going to do. So Mari definitely is not doing herself any favors here with some of these comments she's making, by the way. No. I mean, yikes. That well, was, that was a low blow. What was that? I think it's interesting with Mari because she's kind of, she's being vicious. Like oh, if yeah. anybody is being a, a little, it's, it's Mari. Um, cause she was the one who was like, well, let's eat Shauna's meal to teach her a lesson mm -hmm. if she's going to be late. And then she was the one who was like, I'm going to take her clothes and forget yeah. you kind of. So that is interesting. Um, She's, she's the cabin Karen, I feel like. And I wonder if, like, could she have been the one to poop in the bucket, maybe? Like, does she have that level of entitlement now? Or was it Ty in a fugue state? I don't know. I mean, you know. That's what I was thinking. You know. Yeah. <laughs> to me, the lantern, the missing lantern, and the poop oh, in the yeah. bucket, both pointed out by Ty, are kind of like... Sus. like Ty pointing them out she's looking for the people who did it but the truth is, is we probably like we don't know she did it but like she's she's the person who's doing things without awareness very visibly so we have um, my bet on on those things 
we have Shelly in the comments saying they should have taken the jacket. They need all the winter clothes they can get. And I honestly agreed with that. Like, I felt like they should have taken it. Like they're like, they're clearly hurting for, for everything out there. And that jacket would have provided somebody with warmth. Well, I think that the question is kind of embedded in, in a humanity. Like, does Jackie still have humanity now that she's dead? And I think that's the question of cannibalism. When you kill somebody, do they still have a humanity that you need to respect? And that's why you cannot eat them as you would eat a chicken. Mm. Of course, like, I'm when there's a question of murder, like purposeful, that's a whole different question. But in this scenario, they did not kill Jackie specifically. So it's like, does she still have her humanity enough to need a jacket or to prevent them from seeing her as dinner, kind of? Yeah. And no, but then she's like, yes. (laughs) oh my goodness and can can we talk about the makeup job here just for a quick second I mean we saw the caboodle love to see the caboodle did not love to see this really sad makeup job on Jackie I mean poor Shauna this whole thing is so trauma driven for her I mean being pregnant and having all like the hormones and all that and the hunger and Mm. and and the guilt and I mean there's a lot of different emotions that are that are um causing this yeah, yeah well, she's struggling big time. Yes. It's interesting because in the description, they said something about the friend that ghosted you. And ostensibly, they're talking about Jackie. Although ghosted, I feel, is kind of a shoehorn in there because Jackie didn't really ghost them. And it seems like they're more trying to imply that she's haunting them now. Um, I do think that's interesting because I think that there is this question of, like, ghosts, like, Shauna obviously is like losing time when she's with Jackie. She's not aware of what's happening. Ty's kind of losing time and they're seeing these visions. Um, And there's always that question of whether they're actually seeing ghosts. Are the ghosts really there? Or, and um, Lottie too sees like the ghost of Laura Lee. Um, Mm -hmm. So Annette sees her her dad kind of a a vision, a ghostly vision of her dad. So I think the cabin man and all of that. I'm so I think there's a question of is there an actual like haunting happening? Um, because Shauna doesn't lose ghost Jackie once Jackie's corpse is gone. Like we see ghost Jackie in the in the future timeline haunting Shauna still. So yeah. Yes, we do. And speaking of the man with no eyes, that was another one of your recent articles in Nerdist. Who is the man with no eyes on Yellow Jackets? Let's talk a little bit about, um, about you know, we've seen him season one, and now we are seeing he him here in uh, season two. And he did some pretty mean things to Ty in the woods there, right? Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a complicated question. I feel like who the man with no eyes is, is like very complicated because Ty ostensibly meets him before she ever knows about the wilderness or before the crash at all. So he kind of seems tied to Ty and tied to death. But then he also seems tied to the wilderness in some fashion because he kind of leads Ty to this wilderness tree and whether he was trying to lead her to her doom or lead her to the tree is like a I don't know you know what I mean we don't we don't we can't tell what his intentions are exactly but it could be one of the one or the other I I don't know 
Right. And we should also note that we've seen this man in some of these depictions in Sammy's drawings. You know, we see the eyes we see in the, mm -hmm. the upper right there, what looks to be the eyeless man again. So what's up? What's up with Sammy seeing him? Yeah, I don't know. I but don't know. I also, in season um, one, crushed Sammy's doll. Like his eyes were gouged yes. out too. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's hard to say. Again, to me, he presents this kind of angel of death feeling, but I mean, that's just like um, a guess. He seems <laughs> to be tied to Ty's other identity in some fashion oh, because yeah. she's following him. Um, and also when Ty sees him kind of behind the reporters, she's not her other identity, but she's getting really close to like kind of emerge almost. She's like in this frenetic mm -hmm. state. Um, and so she sees him. So, I mean, I don't, who know who knows? Who does know? And I, I mean, we definitely saw Ty getting into some stuff in this episode, her imagining Sammy being there. Did you guys pick up on that when it first happened? I thought it, I thought he really no. walked there from school. No. No. I never no, like, for because, a second thought that he was because there. yeah that hasn't really happened that I don't think that's happened to Ty that we've seen like we've seen her fall asleep and like lose active time that she doesn't remember at all you know to end up in the tree or she doesn't remember climbing up in the tree um in season one but we don't really see her think she's or I guess we at least don't know. Like, I guess like, my question is like, when she lost that time or when she saw Sammy, was the other tie active in that time? And we just, she just thought she was active or was she like, she was active. She just was hallucinating kind of, I'm not sure. I feel like at this point, like where she is, like at the beginning of the episode, you see her like downing espresso, like it's water, mm -hmm. like because she's trying mm -hmm. to keep herself awake. And I think she's like on the verge of like, like just hallucinating all the time because she's so yeah. exhausted. Like her body isn't getting the rest that it needs, that it's putting her into this like overdrive state where like reality and not reality are blurring together. Right. Absolutely. And uh, we have Shelly saying Tawny's doing a great job of showing both sides of her personality changes. Um, our friend Drew, mm -hmm. shout out to you. We love you, Drew. Um, I think a lot of spirits of death have no eyes. Back to the man with no eyes. But this is a really interesting yeah. comment. Wonder saw, yeah. if the eyes are missing because Ty can't like see herself in the other state. And it's like a metaphorical thing. I mean, that's really I, interesting. I don't know. That's hot take. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it could be. I mean, there's like in mythology, there's like the fates. They don't ha they share an eye to like see the past, present, the future. I think. Um, so that's like a that's a common eyeless like representation. I I actually hope that the eyeless man is a real demon and that Ty is possessed. And it's not just like a manifestation of her trauma, to be honest. Yeah. I think that that would be better I mean, and more exciting. <laughs> her grandma saw him too, though. So yep. is there maybe some kind of like genetic component with some sort of mental health issue now that we have Sammy also drawing the man with no eyes? That's three mm -hmm. generations, you know, and we we are not sure. We suspect that Sammy is Ty's biological child. Uh, so, I mean, there, there could mm -hmm. be something there, but... Um, I mean, three generations of eyeless man. Gosh, that guy's, guy's timeless. Yeah. 
Yeah. Maybe he's there and being creepy and they just see him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. And then, of course, like, again, the Laura Lee demon in this episode was a little alarming mm-hmm. to see. It was kind of cool to see Jane Whittett back. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting that at all. I mean. That really creeped me out. Like, that was the creepiest part of the episode for me was Laura Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And she had well, like, I think- Leonard there. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we can uh, we can assume. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm in, in all honesty, but I think we can like assume that Lottie is lying about most oh. of this. Like, none of that yes. Travis narrative seemed real or believable. <laughs> no. Oh, the buttons are stuck. The buttons are oh stuck. No, I'm sorry. That's and just, she just like, fell asleep. Like. Mm. Yeah, it's not so innocent, you know, just sitting there on the couch, letting, you know, waiting to go to sleep. And then, you know, it's very suspect. I don't. There's so much about her story that just doesn't add up. Like she says he called her, but then he hung up. Like, how did she even know where he lived to go there? First of all. Right. Or where he was going to hang. How did she know where he worked? Like to go to his work. How did she know that? There's just so much that doesn't add up. Yeah, the whole adult Travis thing, I think, was interesting, too. We actually got to see adult Travis, which was interesting. Great casting, I think, by the way. I think they did a good job of of choosing Mm -hmm. the adult Kevin Alves. But did you notice when Nat had her OD dream um, recollection moment Mm -hmm. that there was a flash of Travis in there? Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting too i had to pause it like to catch it but i did see it and he's definitely there like so that had to be her remembering something that like happened between them and like the travis that we saw was the same adult travis that you see with lottie so it had to have been like within a few years of that time Mm -hmm. because they look the same so yep whatever happened to travis and natalie had to have happened within the last couple years like to cause them to fall off yeah and I think it's interesting too because at some point adult Natalie in the season one is like Travis never believed in any of that stuff Mm -hmm. so we actually do see him kind of believing in the past and now Austin in in some version that Lottie presents in the future so I'm not sure like which which version is true or like did he believe? Did he not believe? Did that just not want to imagine he believed? But um, he seems to be for, for like believing in, in both instances yeah. of Travis. So that's an interesting like narrative inconsistency. I'm um, that maybe somebody is lying or confused, of course. But yeah. Um, and I also think um that is interesting because none of the other adult survivors knew that Lottie was alive so or Mm -hmm. they knew she was alive but they didn't they thought she was in an asylum so how did like travis know where she was like exactly he never told that like that's that's quite confusing to me yes so many things don't add up with the adult travis thing i mean something we're gonna find out more i have a feeling we're gonna find out more and (laughs) back to teen Mm -hmm. travis for a quick second you know we saw Mm -hmm. nat and travis having sexual intercourse in the cabin. And of course there was this um, Lottie, you know, was in his thoughts, in his head. And 
almost depicted like a Virgin Mary and this lighting that they were showing. And, and Mm -hmm. that was an interesting scene too. It's like, okay, you know, he finally maybe let that weight of Javi go now thinking that he's dead. And then he's, you know, him and Nat are getting romantic. And then this Lottie stuff comes up. What's up with, Mm -hmm. what's up with that thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think that image in specific is like a very striking like Christian like standard image of the Pieta like of the Virgin Mary holding like the dead body of Jesus I'm not sure if we're like we need to read in that Travis is like some Jesus figure I think in this case just about Lottie but I do think it's interesting because we're almost getting like a mixed metaphor in the show we're like on the one hand, we have this vein of like Christian symbolism. Laura Lee had this Christianity to her. Lottie's now being depicted as the Virgin Mary or this like divinity. And then on the other hand, we have this kind of pagan, like, you know, Bacchanalia, gods of Greek mythology, like spirit of the forest situation. And so it's interesting that they're kind of pulling from both those traditions. And it will be interesting to see how they resolve it for me right now I kind of read it as just like since we're getting it from the perspective of these teens like this is just like things they picked up as they kind of try to like reenact a society there's like a little bit of like Christian like subtext there's like these stories they probably read or like learned about in school I thought it was especially interesting like in the scene of the like the party itself it kind of was like a Halloween party almost. Like they weren't dressed in like elevated versions of gods or goddesses. They were dressed in like kind of the spirit Halloween version of gods and goddesses. Like if you ask yeah. them teens to be like, what do gods and goddesses look like? This is probably what they would come up with. Um, so I thought that was that was interesting. Um, to like, how will they reconcile kind of this Christian imagery and symbolism and this like pagan imagery and symbolism. And of course, pagan stuff like led into Christianity. So there is a way those two make sense together. But I I was thinking a lot about like, what specifically they could like draw on for like cannibalism, mythology, wilderness, all of that. Um, And in my article, I spoke mostly about like the Christian perspective, but I've been thinking a lot about the green man recently. He's kind of this image, which I read is a bridge between like pagan and Christian traditions. Like he kind of appears in both and he's kind of loosely tied to this, to Bacchus, like the Bacchanalia God, um, that he's kind of a God of like rebirth and life and death. And in a sense, they're going through a rebirth, but also just like, kind of generically a god of the wilderness um he doesn't have like a specific story to him so I'm like I don't know that's just kind of the the vision I have for where this wilderness divinity is going do you think that like that was the only instance that we're going to see of them like because like when I watched that, like, to me, it was like they were disassociating with what they were doing. And, like, they were trying to imagine mm-hmm. themselves in a different setting. Like, so do mm-hmm. you think we're going to, like, possibly see that again? Like, to help them cope with what they're going through? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we can see just in season one that eventually yeah. they get somewhere where they're trying to enact that kind of fantasy in as close as their reality allows them to. Yeah. I'm this like this fairy tale in actuality um whether or not there's actually like 
a it, a darkness, a, a god or goddess, I would hope, um, of the forest. Like, I think that's maybe we'll never know. Um, yeah. But I actually hope that it is supernatural. Like, I would like there to be a supernatural force at work um, yeah. because I think that the show like shines when it can lean into these like metaphors and symbolisms and divinities and and kind of do imply there's some force happening of course it could just yeah. be fate and circumstance but I I would hope that it, it isn't just fate and circumstance but of course you know there's clearly the trauma reading as well yeah. like both of those are valid at this point <laughs> yeah absolutely yes so some other things happen in this episode. We finally see some things going on with Shauna and the police. So Kevin Tan actually pays a visit to Shauna's house, but then his partner kind of catfishes Callie in a bar, which I thought was just a little unnecessary. I, I, I don't know. Ro, I know you have some thoughts on that. What What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think to me, I, I think I love Melanie Linsky. I can see the vision of like Callie having a, like another generation of a woman with trauma from this whole trauma experience. So we had like the generation of teen and then we had the generation of adult. And then there's like the Callie generation who are all still processing this trauma. And like, I can like, understand the idea of it but to me like poor Kevin you know he was like this queer goth kid now he's this policeman um, and I don't think we need yellow jackets to be a police procedural like I think yeah. Misty's storyline the citizen detective that gives us what we need from from like that mystery storytelling thing with this like policeman with bad mustache oh the mustache get Callie to I trust him or whatever is happening there and Kevin is just like oh we have a policeman so we can tell a police story it's just to me I'm just like oh you could cut that storyline and do something better with adult Shauna and and Callie too if if we need to tell a story with Callie, I, I think that's fine. But I'm just like, I feel like it's like a crutch almost. Like it's maybe something for for a wider audience. But I think that's not kind of what the show is is angling toward. I think the, yeah. you know, dramatic mythos of the cannibalistic goddesses is like what we really need to lean into. And like, I don't think adding police involvement investigate Adam's murder is like thrilling kind of yeah right and I agree too with Misty's storyline and Elijah Wood citizen detective uh, Walter putting the sick in forensic by the way which is like an amazing handle um it was nice to finally see him in yellow jackets and Misty's reaction to him I like it she's like nervous and like like, she's what so do I uncomfortable do? like you can yes. tell mm-hmm. she's like just so like because you can tell when she looks at him like she feels like she knows him but she doesn't know how and then she gets that envelope in the in the fridge of her work <laughs> and she opens it and it's there's nothing on the paper and as soon as she opened it like you automatically knew that like that paper wasn't blank like there was something yeah. on that paper and I loved how she like 
finally figured it out. And I loved what he said in the note too. Like it was just so perfect. Like his <laughs> self-destructing part already. Oh, I loved it. I I loved that part. I thought that was really great. And and poor adult Misty in this episode, right? Getting ghosted by her yes. poor friends. Oh my goodness. Uh. Like what was this was our Misty moment of the week. Um well there were two of them. One of them was her stealthily checking out um Walter's calves. And then Emily, <laughs> why don't you read Misty's little like cute sad desperate quote that she had in her phone message okay so this is when she calls ty and she says ty guess who it's misty again third time today actually what is up with you and shauna anyways what are you like having a spa day without me or something but seriously i have evidence that nat has been met with foul play so i could really use the support of my teammates call me back And teammates. I mean, ironic usage of the word teammates. Like, of course, she was the equipment manager, not on the team. I mean, technically Aww. on the team. But, like, how sad was that? I I felt bad for Misty. Mm. It's so funny, sad. though, that she's, like, the third time today that I called – that she called her. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's true. So desperate. Oh, it's Misty. So desperate. But I think it's sad for Misty. I think it's sad for us, too, because I also think the strength of the show is when the ladies are together. I think that's yeah. the best part seeing their dynamics and their interactions and in the I know that they're together in the past so maybe in the future they're kind of like more separate right now but I well not and Lottie are together but I I like it best when we're looking at their dynamics together I do um, so yeah yeah here's how I definitely do too <laughs> specifically I love Misty and Nat together they're like my favorite pair <laughs> Misty and Nat. I love that. I love them too. I think that they're definitely that odd couple and like yes. Nat just needs to accept Misty into her life and yes. <laughs> it'll all be good. Um, but I really also like the Lottie and Nat interactions in both the past and the present and I think it's really interesting like you know like Lottie is kind of encroaching on like the Nat and Travis like treat triad but I think she was also kind of a ghost in like Van and Ty's relationship because Van is like yes. we should talk to Lottie and and Ty is like we can't we're not talking to Lottie she's kind of like we're not letting Lottie into her relationship in a sense so I would just think that's very interesting like yeah Lottie's just hovering in everybody's relationships in a sense um so my, we'll see my mom said something like my mom said something really interesting when she was watching, like when um, the scene of Travis and Natalie were having sex, she's like, Lottie has such a hold on all of them. And like, she has infiltrated like all of their minds and made them believe like what she wants them to believe. Like, and that's so clear with Travis in particular. Yeah. And, that's and I think that's anyway. That's extra interesting because Lottie in the past, sorry, in the past, at least so far, is pretty passive. We don't see her requesting new smoothie herbs. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's mostly like, she mostly sits there and then says something at like a, a, a poignant pause kind of. And I think that's interesting. They're almost like, I think that maybe in interviews they've discussed this, but they're almost like deciding Lottie needs to have this hold on them and Lottie is is like not she's neither rejecting it nor yeah. you know like pushing it she's just but that's how you get true power I guess you know mm -hmm. absolutely she's simply right. like accepting their desire for her to be in this in this position 
Yeah. Ooh, absolutely. Um, this is an interesting comment from Drew off the topic of Lottie, but <gasps> who thinks the man Misty and Walter interview is Randy? I never thought what? of that. Drew, you're so smart. I what? mean, right? We know Jeff Holman's coming back, so that would make sense. Has he been in there three months separated from his wife? Cheaper to keep her? Cheaper to stay in a motel oh for three months? God. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. If yeah. that is the case, like, you deserve a medal. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that I would is love a good that. one. That is a good one. And, you know, back to Lottie for a second. Um, We have the other forever here saying Lottie never told Nat why she took Travis's money. So we know <laughs> that, like, Lottie's like, oh, yeah, no biggie. Gave me his bank account info. Like, I, you know, whatever. Like, I don't believe that with the And if he, didn't, if, he didn't, if he didn't plan on dying, really, why would he leave his yep. bank account behind? You know, if, if he was ro- like, yeah, I mean, I don't, again, I don't, I don't know. And this is like a wholesale, I don't know, like no, no, no sneaky tricks. Um, but like, I wonder if Lottie also maybe has like a, like a personality, like tie or something. And like, she's, she, she was the one who like brought the candles and like set it up and she's just like blocked it out. And just like, she's yep. just like, needed Travis as a sacrifice or something like that is is like the low-key vibes I receive. (laughs) Right. And and with Laura Lee's demonic figure there, that says something too, either about her state of mind or what's really happening or, Mm -hmm. you know, just that darkness that we keep hearing that's inside all of them. She also Mm -hmm. claimed that the button stopped working, but when she turned Mm -hmm. around, Travis was magically all the way in the air. Mm -hmm. So that was Mm -hmm. another thing that I'm like, what like that just doesn't make sense. adding up <laughs> oh my god michelle just said did he pay her for a seance service and wasn't just a friend coming to help oh my goodness call 1-800 lottie here or charlotte i guess whatever yeah, um, yeah well, i think the question of how much lottie remembers from the wilderness is an interesting one because we did see her go through this shock therapy and yes. the way I read that first scene is that like the image of her in the woods was kind of fading as like the shock was coming because she kind of flashed in and out of like that vision she had with Laura Lee in the bunker, which remains a vision bunker, even though I maintain there's a real <laughs> bunker somewhere out there in the forest. Um, and the music was saying that like, will she ever be free again? Kind of. So I'm just like, that's interesting. How much does she remember from that time? And then when she was just after that scene um, with the electroshock therapy, she was helping her fellow asylum mate like breathe. Mm-hmm. And she did the thing she did with Travis, but she was like, they can help you. But it wasn't the practice she learned at the asylum that she was using to help it, her like friend. It was yeah. the wilderness ritual that she had enacted yep. with Travis. Um, I, again, I have, like, a deep hope that, like, despite the cannibalism and the starvation and the trauma, that the time in the wilderness is actually, like, freeing and, like, super cool for for the team, and that's what they reject in returning to society, like, that they miss it and that they were free there, and, like, that was the best time of their lives in this, um, and that's I really being agree. constrained yeah. again, that is the, like, darkness kind of (laughs) I agree I think that makes a lot of sense like a lot of sense 
Oh, here's an interesting one. Um, anyone think Ty could have ate Javi while sleepwalking one of the times Van didn't notice her gone? I, I don't know. I guess he'd have to be cooked first. I mean, although Shauna did consume a, a raw ear, so I guess anything <laughs> yeah. is anything is possible. So, oh, let's see. The other forever. Well, I... Ooh, maybe the cabin man was a survivalist and had a mm. bunker in the vicinity. I'm all about either bunker mine, something in the vicinity. I don't know if it's eyeless man yeah. that built it, but. <laughs> or cabin man. I think that they were saying that. Oh, it was cabin man. man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cabin, cabin yeah. daddy. I'm oh, sorry. Eyeless man. Cabin. Yeah. I think that. Um, I think that obviously. No, obviously not. But like that, like clearly the tree that Travis sees with the lights that doesn't have snow around it. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like if I saw a tree suddenly with melted snow around it that I may or may not have seen in my dreams, I would be like, oh, let me investigate this tree. Why isn't there snow around it? But they're just kind of like, oh, oh, well, it's weird. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> uh, my first thought would be like hot springs like so right yeah. i i googled Somebody it i was like reaction <laughs> moss and snow apparently can like keep growing and like receive photosynthesis up to like five feet beneath the ground so it could just mm. be one of these like red herrings but i thought it was totally intentional like emily and yeah. i discussed like there's no way they would take the time yeah. for that shot to investigate it if there wasn't something underneath which and that's has the to be stump high. that travis sees right with the vision with lottie in the first episode so. the one lit up with candles that was that was my takeaway but all yes, the trees look yeah. very similar but it was a different stump than the one that lottie put the bear heart in i think right or was it the same yes. one yeah different one okay that's I what think i thought it's okay. meant to be different than that one but the same as the one travis sees in episode one where lottie yes. has her, her hand on him and he has this vision of a tree with with candles and yeah. Lottie also had visions of candles in the bunker that she saw, which is again, mm -hmm. why I think that tree is a secret bunker and yellow jackets. <laughs> also they burrow in nests underground. They don't have mm -hmm. hives. Yes. So I'm like a bunker underground for the yellow jackets would make a lot of sense, but yeah. that's just my bunker soapbox <laughs> yeah i'm all about the bunker theories or you know abandoned mines something uh, the water running red in season one could have been cinnabar runoff so there's all different theories mm -hmm. on what mm -hmm. could be out there but i'm still holding out hope javi is alive and in a bunker i mean i don't know about you guys <laughs> but i i really i mean ro i know you you had some screeners and you've seen some advanced episodes and can't comment but i hope that when we catch up by the time we get to like episode six, Javi is alive. But I feel like like with Natalie doing what she did, like making Travis, like I know why she did it. Like she did it because she doesn't want him to like feel pain anymore. Mm -hmm. Like she wants him to let go of the fact that Javi's probably not alive. But yeah, like it's going to be so much more interesting for the story now if he is alive because how is Natalie going to explain that? Like that's obviously going to cause mm -hmm. problems between her and Travis and that could potentially cause problems between her and the rest of the group as well. Like oh, if they yeah. have feelings on the matter. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think <sighs> at base in yellow jackets, the question of reality is a really strong one. Like what is, reality what is the real reality whose reality is real are we ever truly certain what we're seeing is like yeah. real and i and i think that like that's a 
you know, no spoilers, but like a salient theme, I feel, mm-hmm. for the season. For sure. Yes. Yes. Um, gosh. So episode two of season two, and we're already in our soft cannibalism phase. So what is the hard <laughs> cannibalism going to look like is what I would really like to know. Because let's pull up that that picture again, the aerial view of them eating Jackie. So let's mm. say, and I realized like they didn't murder her. So that's a, a reason right. why it's soft. But like looking <laughs> at it that way, man, that's like, it, you know, it looks hardcore. But again, they did not murder her. So it is soft cannibalism. What will the hard cannibalism look like? I mean, Pit Girl, obviously. When yeah. are we going to see that? Are we going to see it in season two? I sure hope so. Is it going to be Mari? Is it going to be Jen? <laughs> Who is it? Mm-hmm. So, many, so questions. many questions. The eternal yes. question. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely, like, the intent of action is is probably where, like, the – the more intense morality questions come in, you know, once you eat some one person, like, and you're starving, is it, you know, right to eat somebody else? How do you determine who gets eaten? Like, what, what happens? I think that's kind of like where the, the true, you know, question of darkness might kick in on, on everything. I'm, but I too am like, what is worse than cannibalism? I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, we know they don't I eat the baby, right? Maybe they eat the placenta. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, fine. It's <laughs> nutritious or whatever. But it's got to be something Yum. with the baby. Whatever it is with the baby's got to be mm-hmm. like the big thing that's worse than cannibalism, right? I, I, I again, mm-hmm. what else could it be? I'm yeah, I have no no idea. I mean, I don't think things are looking very good for Coach Ben after the end of this episode either. No. <laughs> and his reaction no. was like so perfect. Like I like that ending shot of him like slamming the door in the cabin, like the look on his face was like just it was so good. Like he acted the heck out of that scene and it was like the way that everybody that was watching was feeling but like at the same time like you can justify it because of the situation that they're in and I think like he was wrestling with that in his head like I know this is wrong I don't want to join in like I'm really disturbed by this but at the same time I understand it but I can't be a part of it like so I need to shut the store and mm-hmm. that was like that was my favorite part of the whole episode honestly was his reaction i mean him not buying in is very similar to jackie not buying into things like it's almost like a mark of death i i hate to yeah. say it yeah. but i mean he might be the next person they eat yeah Sorry. i mean i think in a situation like that othering yourself in some way is never the answer because already you have to put so much trust in everybody around you you know yeah. like i feel like the show really does a good job at being like things are holding but they're really tenuous at any time <laughs> the tides can turn and like you don't want to be the outlier of a turning tide in a situation like that like i feel like yeah. if he had any kind of wisdom to him he would have just faked it till he made it like but yeah just to be a part of the of the group you know so absolutely still so caught up in those societal societal visions of reality which no longer apply (laughs) yeah 
Yeah, he's lost all of his authority. He's going to be, he lost his leg. He's lost a lot out there and he's going to be losing more. We still haven't seen Paul. So maybe we end up seeing Paul, his boyfriend in the episode where they end up eating him. We'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. But so we did see the heart necklace come into play in this mm. episode. That was one of our three items on our weekly mailing from Showtime. Cannot wait to see what the three items will be for next week. But now we have answers. We know the pants were indeed Javi's cargo pants that Nat doctored. We know um, all about the fire and cooking Jackie. And now we know that Shauna is the proud owner of Jackie's heart necklace. So I called it that Lottie was going to be the one that took it off. Jackie's body, I called it. You sure did. And what will be interesting is to see where the heart necklace goes next. Does it become a marker for Pit Girl eventually? That heart necklace will be coming into play. Yeah. For sure. Yep. Yeah. For sure. People in the comments are still thinking that Callie is Pit Girl. Someone wants revenge on Shauna. I'm pretty sure the showrunners have already said that that is not the case, that it is indeed in the 1996 timeline. So I'm going to say yes. Pit Girl's probably not Callie. Um, some other comments here. Tyler Moss. I think Paul might appear in a death vision for Ben. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Or maybe a, a dream or hallucination while they're torturing him. I don't know. Uh, I cannot wait to see Paul, though, and get a little more um, context on what his relationship was like before yeah. Coach Ben inevitably meets his mm-hmm. faith in season two. So. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think the heart is interesting because, you know, I feel like we see the playing cards in the intro and the queens are missing. We still know that. And there's like hearts in a deck. I don't know. I'm like, maybe all those things are, are somehow related. Um, so I guess we can only and and in the promo poster, there is actually a queen of hearts card behind oh, adult Vane's yeah. head, which is see in the photo but it is actually there so go inspect mm-hmm. that poster and take a look for yourself but mm-hmm. those there's you know four queens they're burning the queen card in the open of the show so there's definitely mm-hmm. a lot of that queen stuff which we had talked about with you um before when we talked yes. about the fairy tale archetypes which by the way great article again you should Thank go check you. out rose articles on nerdist and um She's got some really good insights. I can't wait to see what your take will be on episode three. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. Well, um, why don't we say goodbye to you, Ro, and then we're just going to probably get to a couple more fan comments here. But we cannot thank you enough for joining us. We always love your insights, and uh, hopefully we can connect again sometime this season. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, and I can't wait to see how the season plays out. Yay! Same here. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ro. Have a good night. Enjoy this week's episode. Good night. Bye. Oh, that was fun. I always like to see Ro. She's got some really good um, insights. I love her metaphors and the critical thinking that she really has about um, like the deeper meanings of Yellow Jacket. So again, um, check Ro's stuff out. Uh, We tweet a lot of her stuff on Twitter. So um, Check it out. She makes me think about the show in a way that I wouldn't normally think about it. Right. Absolutely. Um, Oh, we have uh, our friend Kimberly here. I would love if we're all wrong about Ben. He's still such an important character. I would love to be wrong about Ben, too. I just – I have this, like, sneaking suspicion that – that he's not going to make it. I just, that look on his face, and now that they have the taste for meat, I think it's hard going back, you know, once you – 
once you've really, um, once you've had that taste, yeah. which I, I can't even like imagine what that tastes like. I, I really had a hard time at the end of this episode. Like I had to just like stop and decompress for a few minutes after watching that. I'm like, what did I just watch here? I mean, things escalated so fast in that last five or six minutes. It was just, I mean, it, it was a lot. Um, like Michelle said, I thought the silent credits after he slammed the door was incredible. I mean, yeah. it really was. Ooh, Shelly, maybe Rabies Girl takes him out. Gosh. Hey, that's possible. I mean, we have not yet seen what exactly is going to cause that foaming at the mouth. Maybe it's poisoning. Um, maybe the Varsity Girls are tired of the JV girls and poison <laughs> them. I I don't know. There's just so many questions. Um, oh, and you know, as Tyler pointed out, all of the Cannibal Council members had two legs. That is a really valid point, Tyler. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah, I mean, which Ben can't away from them. Um, yeah. can't. And so that's... It's um, just not... It's. It wasn't looking good for him before they ate Jackie. And now that they ate Jackie, that just kind of like... Like you said, like they have the taste for it. And I think the issue now is going to be like they cross that boundary, but they cross that boundary in a way that like they didn't have to kill her. They didn't have to cook her. Like it all just happened. So now they're faced with what do we do now? Now that like we don't have a dead body to eat anymore and we have no food. So who's next? Like how do they how do they go about deciding who they will eat next. <laughs> exactly. Like Shell said, I don't think it will just be the taste. It's the availability of this new meat. It's definitely close at hand. And, and that's true. I mean, there's a cabin full of people in there with meat on their bones. Maybe not yeah. as much as they had before the crash, but there's still some meat to be had. And, you know, the wilderness made sure that Jackie was, uh, Jack Hutery was one of the little, um, <laughs> little comments. Um, Jackie Jerky, you know, there was some stuff, but, but again, it just shows the wilderness, you know, the, the camera perspectives of whatever that force was kind of flying overhead that caused the snow to drop yeah. on her and cook her just to the perfect temperature. The wilderness just has apparently so much in store. And now that the eyeless man is out in the wilderness too, with Ty and, you know, the symbol and Javi missing, there's just, there's so much going on. Oh My, my goodness. husband said when we watched it, like you realize that when that snow fell on Jackie, that essentially like slow cooked her, right? <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Thank you, thank you for that image <laughs> in my head. <laughs> yeah, well, it took me a minute to realize what was happening when they all were waking up. I'm like, what are they waking up at? I thought they were waking up because like Nat and Travis were having sex, and they were gonna be like, Dude, guys, <laughs> like take it upstairs or something. But no, it was it became apparent it was the smell of of yeah. human meat and. Um, they didn't hesitate long. They did not hesitate long to get started on that soft cannibalism there. So as boy. soon as that Radiohead song started playing, like I knew that they were going to eat her like immediately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And speaking of the music from the episode, yes, that Radiohead climbing up the walls in that closing scene was absolutely everything. We also heard No Room for a Nihilist in Hollywood by Peachy, Inertia Creeps by Massive Attack. Little Queenie by Sad Girl. And as I just mentioned, Climbing Up the Walls by Radiohead closed it out. And what a yeah. perfect song that was. It was just the right amount of creepy, but it also kind of like gave a little bit of that celebratory vibe, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It was it was creepy, but 
just the right amount of of everything, I think, for that scene. So, wow. I'm obsessed with Rose coining the term of soft cannibalism. I don't, I mean, she probably didn't coin the term, but again, like I'm going to keep saying soft cannibalism until they get to the hard cannibalism. So, that's a good way to describe it. It is. I mean, they're not murdering somebody. I just, you know, I've never heard the term before, but I love it. I just absolutely love it. Um, oh, and um, let's see, Kimberly, someone on Reddit said, uh, burn victims smell like roast meat. Oh, hmm. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that is an, an absolutely fun fact. And then Michelle, they're gonna hit a Jackie hangover in the morning. Regret and remorse will hit them. But when when they'll be looking at each other, you know, for who's next. And that's interesting. The next morning, what does the conversation look like? You know, what do they all just do? They go inside and fall asleep. Uh, what happens after that? And then waking up in the morning and facing each other. I just like. Yeah. I mean, there's gonna be some some thoughts happening and internal dialogues yeah external sure. dialogues so yeah. many things i personally think they should have saved the jacket though oh yeah they i mean mari was not wrong she opinion. was not wrong yes yeah she was not wrong all of them like yes i would have taken it all shauna could have had her little hissy fit over her being upset that jackie didn't have any clothes but you're burning her like she doesn't need those anymore <laughs> right oh my goodness uh what an episode. There's definitely a lot more to unpack, which of course we'll do in our weekly episode where we dive deeper into each timeline and the bullet points of what happened. Our Hive After Dark is just kind of a place where we like to come and hang out and do our immediate reactions to the weekly episode. Um, we like to bring on guests like Ro. We're going to have on some fans that can join us at some point. We'll also be joined later in the season um, by uh, Nuha and Jenna and uh, Luciano. So we have some cast guests that will join us, which will be very fun. So, yeah. Um, yes. Oh, okay. One more comment. I know I'm, I can't help reading the comments. Okay. <laughs> M said, when they say miss you before you have to get the water, what if one of the numbers means you get to be hunted like the most dangerous game style? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, how does it kick off? How do they decide to have this um, system where they methodically hunt and eat their teammates? I can't wait to find out. Yes. Oh, and the other forever. Yes. If you pick the ace of spades, thou art doomed. Yes. (laughs) Good one. Good one. All right. Well, this was fun. Um, Thank you guys all for joining us. We had a bunch of people in the comments tonight. Again, we love all the fans so much. Thank you to all of our friends of the show. We've chatted with a bunch of you this week. It's been an an interesting week for the Yellow Jackets verse, and uh, we just appreciate all your support. If you enjoy listening and watching, uh, please do. rate us, subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to go to Apple Podcasts and drop a five-star rating, no complaints here. No complaints Mm -hmm. here. Yeah. But yes, we appreciate all you guys so much. Thank you. We'll be back this week. Yes. Until we spill again.